Good morning, family. I greeted Sam and John and Frank and others of you on this first Sunday of the new year with the traditional Happy New Year, Happy New Year. But, it, but somehow it stings because of the illness of our pastor and my best friend. And so I know that in this new year, 2018, there will be some joy and laughter, and there'll be some sorrow and tears. That's, that's the way it is. And I got this picture of a humongous Ferris wheel. Ron and Dee are in one of the cars, and all of us, we jump into the cars, and, and there's going to be some ups this year. He's doing better this week than he was last week, uh, two weeks ago. With each course of chemotherapy, we're going to find out how he tolerates it and how he responds to it and how he feels relatively strong or weak. But he's seriously ill, and we're going to, we're going to have a lot of ups and downs in this coming year. But see, we're all, we're all there for the ride, aren't we? We're all with Ron and Dee on that ride. And... Frank Nahelua, he says as much in this issue of Kanalu. If you want to keep up with Ron's progress, with, with just the course of his treatment and everything, it's in the blog on the website of our church, and also he has some paragraphs in the bulletin. You'll find those. And then uh, he's going he's gonna to share like a, a journal with us in the Kanalu. You can pick this up outside or see it online. But a good friend of our church family, Frank Nahelua, he wrote this to John, brother, may I also add that this is a trial also to everyone who knows you in what you are enduring. With different levels of maturity in their faith, they grapple with things like, why is God allowing this? Why Ron? More than a few, I suspect, are angry about it, not quite understanding God's molding style, even as they think they do. That's uh, a quote from a friend by Ron, and then Ron says to us, we trust God completely. Could you just repeat those four words? We trust God completely to accomplish his purpose and be glorified through this trial. So, if I say to you, not Happy New Year, but Glorious New Year, would you say it back to me, Glorious New Year? Glorious New Year. And God, may you be glorified in, in, in this year uh, according to your will. We trust you, Lord. Um, but it's not going to be easy and that's why I put this on the cover of the bulletin. I chose that traffic sign that says, Rough Road Ahead. That road, path, journey, metaphor is all throughout Scripture. And Jesus, in one of his seminal teachings, said, Enter by the narrow gate. Because the gate is narrow and the road is difficult that leads to life. Now, that's a hard truth, but it's a true 
truth. And even our life with the Lord, we're not immune to the suffering that strikes all humankind. I looked at statistics this week, and just as many Christians get divorced, just as many Christians commit suicide, just as many Christians fall ill inexplicably to maladies that just have no answer, no medical answer right now. Um, And so we pray, we get on the Ferris wheel ride, we hang in there with Ron and Dee, and we hang in there as a whole church family. Ran and Gina, you'll remember out in Mililani when we started that house church. I don't know if you were there for Francis Hirakami's baptism, an engineer with Hawaiian Electric, and uh, a guy who had seen a lot of ups and downs in his own life. And he decided that he wanted to love and trust and follow Jesus and be baptized. So we went to Haleiwa Beach Park. We had a big potluck, picnic, and then we were going to baptize Francis. But our timing was all wrong because the tide was out. (laughs) And I I had this very clear memory of Gerald Chenin and I walking Francis out, and it wasn't any higher than our ankles. And we kept walking. I mean, we were a quarter of a mile out there. We were just these tiny silhouettes in the, in the water. Finally, we said, hey, we got to do this thing. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we dunked him. And when we brought him up, he had seaweed all over his, <laughs> all over his face and hair and everything. And that was the joyous moment of his year. But in that very same year, one of his children had some problems with drugs. There was a, a death of... His mother or his mother-in-law, it's a little bit hazy in my mind. Somebody very close to them had an abortion and suffered a terrible downturn of, of guilt and depression. And I went up to Francis and I said, Francis, here you give your life to Jesus and everything falls apart. Are you mad at God? Are you disillusioned? And he said, no, not, not at all. These things were going to happen anyway. I'm just glad I found him in time. And that's, that's the way I think we approach this new year. Uh, let's enter through the narrow gate. Let's walk the rough road ahead of us together. And we will see God's glory this year. So... Today, um, actually, we're beginning a series in Luke, and in your bulletins is a big, dense page of Scripture from the third chapter of of the book of Luke. And Sunday by Sunday, throughout the, however long it takes, we're just going to stay in Luke and steadily march through it, listening for God's Word to us. I think it's a stabilizing and a security enhancing thing for the church to do, to get into the Word and to follow in uh, Jesus' career according to the physician, Luke the physician. If you'll just take this out, please. You might want to look at it in your own Bible if you have your own Bible, but take a look at this. And I don't want to read the whole thing, 
My wife told me Friday night, I read the whole thing, and she went to sleep. She told me it was boring. <laughs> so I'm going to highlight a, a couple of things. I tried to shorten it by just using initials for some of the historical people and places, but pick it up in, pick it up in the third line. God's word, see it? God's word came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John went throughout the region of the Jordan River calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives. A modern rendition of the word repent, which meant so much to previous generations. It still means a lot to me. Turn around, make a 180-degree turn, and move toward God rather than away from Him. People who were baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Well, I'd like to say something about John and his father, Zechariah. Zechariah was Jesus' uncle, and John was Jesus' cousin. They knew him well, even from small kid times, up until uh, the time was ripe for him to go out and usher in the kingdom of God and reveal himself as the one, as the Messiah, the Savior. And both uh, Zechariah and John have two important things in common. One is they were just full of hope and expectation of what God was about to do. They were leaning forward into God's will and into the future that God controls. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen any more than we do, but they knew that it was going to be good because God was going to have his way, that God's will would be done. And when we read John's preaching, look in the italics in the second paragraph, a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The crooked will be made straight and the rough places made smooth. All humanity will see God's salvation. He got that from his dad. That's an echo from what Zechariah says on page 99. Or on the, I mean, in, in this book, it's on page 99. And you, you don't have that in front of you, but you heard what, what John's preaching was, was focused on. Listen to how... Zechariah prophesies about what his son will do in preparing the way for Jesus. You, child, Zechariah talking to his newborn son, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. And then John comes in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. You will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's deep compassion, the dawn from heaven will break upon us to give light to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us on the path of peace. So Zechariah and, and John the baptizer had that in common, a holy, hopeful expectation of what God is going to do. Let's enter 2018, with that 
hope and that expectation. The second thing that they had in common was they adored Jesus, nephew, cousin, that Jesus that John grew up with, probably learned to swim in the Sea of Galilee right beside his cousin Jesus. But John knew from the earliest age how important and how special Jesus was. Do you remember this story? When Mary was pregnant with Jesus by the Holy Spirit, she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. I think that's right, isn't it? She went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Am I right about that? She went to visit Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was hapai with John. And it said, when the baby inside the womb heard the voice of Mary, the mother of our Jesus, the baby leapt inside the womb. How about that? Uh, this little in utero, prenatal little guy just did a cartwheel in the, in the womb of excitement of getting to know the Messiah up close and personal. Um, it says that many people went out to see John, line number four, in the wilderness. And just as a brief aside, I'm going to be looking for more wilderness in my life this year. I want to get away from the busyness and the noise of life. I just exist in too much traffic. And I, I'm committing myself to being alone with God more this year. I recommend it. And Ron is going to be sharing with us what he's learning in his devotions with the Lord. Let's join him and Dee in this too. If you could set aside a time and a quiet place, outdoors, indoors, anywhere you can get into a personal, direct relationship with your Heavenly Father who loves you, to pray for our whole church family and for Ron, and also to pray for your own soul as you walk the path. I, I really recommend that you find a wilderness in your life. And so they went out to see John, and they heard this message. After he confronted them with their need for God because of the failures and sins in their lives, the crowds ask him, this is the fourth paragraph, the crowds ask him, what then should we do? He answered, whoever has two shirts must share with the one who has none, and whoever has food must do the same. Um, what should we do, God? Let's make this also a year of sharing. Uh, Rocky and Anadera Arnold and their two boys, and now more family has come from, from Nebraska to be here for a while. Um, who's going to take these folks out to lunch today after church? <laughs> no, I mean it. Who, who's going to ask Rocky and Anadera and the kids over for, over for a meal or take them out to California Pizza Kitchen or something. If, if you have food and if you can afford to go to a restaurant, take somebody with you this year. Let's make it a year of sharing 
what should we do? Then the tax collectors came and the soldiers. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. They said to him, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more than you are authorized to collect. Soldiers asked, what about us? What should we do? He answered, don't cheat anyone. Don't cheat or harass anyone. Be satisfied with your pay. Three times the people asked John, what should we do? What should we do? And uh, that's a good question for us to ask. Let's share more this year. And let's be kind. Let's not hurt other people around us. Even people that are hard to love. Um, I'm going to take a little moment of personal confession here. I don't love my neighbors as I should. And in fact, on, on New Year's Eve this year, <laughs> I was hating my neighbors. Across the street and three houses up were a bunch of young adults uh, who were celebrating longer and louder than I've ever heard it in, in our neighborhood. Man, they had these plastic mortar tubes and they, they must have spent thousands of dollars on fireworks this, this year because they were lighting things and dropping them into the really strong plastic tubes that would shoot it up in the air and explode with dynamite force. It was crazy. I was lying there not able to sleep, holding my puppy that's trembling in my arms. I couldn't stand it. I went and I stood at the top of my driveway with my hands on my hips, <laughs> glaring at them, but they never, of course, they never noticed, never noticed me. And I went to sleep with the most bitter feeling. Uh, the next morning, I'm walking the dogs, and I see a couple of the neighbors in different places out with their brooms and their dustpans and cleaning up all the debris from the firecrackers. You know that red paper and the sawdust and the little pieces of cardboard, they were all over the place. But there were some neighbors cleaning up in front of their houses, not these guys. And these guys were the violators. They were the ones who put all that rubbish out on our street. I said, I'm going to give them till tonight. Never, never cleaned up after themselves. Now, now I'm really ticked off. So I get out all my extension cords and I plug them all end to end. They were long enough to reach from my garage to the driveway of the, of the criminals, <laughs> my, my neighbors. Then I plugged in my blower, and I started to move all that rubbish out of my yard, out of Mrs. Patterson's yard and the Oki's yard, and and move it all out into the street. And then in the twilight of New Year's Day, I'm bringing all the rubbish back to the place where it's originated. <laughs> By the time I got to their driveway, I mean it, there was a pile about two feet high and three feet wide. And I'm just set to paper their lawn, their bushes, their garage, their driveway, their house, with all that stuff. Serve them right. And then God spoke to me. <laughs> and God said, aren't you preaching this weekend? 
I'm so ashamed. I, I go back, I get my broom and my dustpan and a hefty bag. I get all that stuff together, go throw, throw it away in my trash can and said sorry to God. And I made a vow that next New Year's Eve, I'm going to take a six-pack of beer and uh, go over there and join the celebration <laughs> and get to, get to know them a little bit. <laughs> And, and look for an opportunity to say, hey, you know, remember last year, um, <laughs> did, you, did you ever wonder who cleaned up all that mess? <laughs> yeah, it was I, and it was me, and, and I'm willing to help you do it to, tomorrow. Let's work together, and let's, let's clean it up together. I'll never be able to love them if I don't go over there, walk across the room, walk across the road. We'll never love our neighbors until we know their names and get to know them and spend time with them. I think follow up the Walk Across the Room series with a backyard barbecue or, or something, some effort to personalize your relationship with your neighbors. I'm trying to do this on a global scale. Um, as an adult Christian, I've been praying for every president. I've been trying to love and pray for and hope for the success of every president we've had in my own, in my own memory. And so I want to ask you folks, is this a year in which you can love your neighbors more than before? Even when your neighbors are like your enemies? Jesus says we're supposed to love our enemies. For you Democrats, will you please love our president? And pray for Mr. Trump, he needs it. And for you Republicans, would you please pray for our past Democratic presidents and try and find Jesus' love in your heart for Mr. Obama and the leaders. The Bible says you're supposed to really pray for those who are in authority. We've got to turn our lives around. We've got to live differently because of Jesus. We have to share our food and our clothes, and we have to be kind. We have to love our neighbors and love our enemies. And in doing that, we can walk the road and kick out some of the rocks and fill in some of the potholes and prepare the way for the Lord to enter into our neighborhoods and our lives. And then finally, this is all about baptism. John was calling people to change their hearts and lives and to be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. I'm sure there are individuals here right now that have never been baptized and never known how much you are loved and how you can be forgiven no matter what. How God can bring new life and change, real change into your life. And so... In this moment before I pray, is there anybody that would like to fall in love with Jesus right now on the spot and decide to trust him with your life and to follow him? There are ups and downs in life, and especially when you're down, you're going to need him. So um, I'd love to find out afterwards, and the people up here in the front who pray with you, talk to me, talk to them. Uh, if this is your moment of decision to follow him.
Look what happens when Jesus gets baptized. Look down at the last paragraph. It says everyone was being baptized. If you've already... No, no, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say, if you've already been baptized, raise your hand. But I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. But look, baptism is a symbol of washing your soul like we take a bath to wash our body. It's also a testimony to the world that we're being reborn and starting our lives afresh. And it is also an act that says that we cannot clean ourselves but we need God's forgiveness because of the love he showed on the cross. When Jesus was also baptized, he prayed. Heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit came down on him in bodily form like a dove. It's a beautiful Trinitarian picture. Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and now the voice of the Father. There was a voice from heaven You are my son whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. I would like to say to each of you, all you girls and boys, you are his children, God's children, and he dearly loves you. He dearly loves you. Also, God finds great happiness when we turn to him and walk with him along the way. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this, uh, this, this time of remembering who's in charge and of realizing that whatever happens in our world, you love us and you help us, and you accompany us wherever our steps will take us on your road. May there be people right now who say, dear Jesus, I'm just learning about you. I hear that you love me. I want to accept that love and learn to love you. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm just as bad, I'm just as, bad as Jay with my neighbor's. Uh, I've failed and fallen short in so many ways. Please forgive me, Jesus. Please come into my heart and make me a new person and then lead me on my way, not just in this year, but in all the years ahead. And for others who need to get to know their neighbors, who need to share more and, and not hold their possessions and their things so closely to themselves, I pray that everyone would release to you, Lord, and be much more bold and much more relaxed about sharing your love with others this year. Thank you, Jesus, for this word that changes our lives. Amen.